Um, show notes, discussion. Um, are we good to just start this thing and roll live? That's all we ever do. We don't edit. We don't edit shit. I, th- I think we've been rolling for about 30, 40 seconds now, so. <laughs> okay. Yep. Do it. We, we could tell because we could hear Chris chewing his gummy bears. Yep. Well, I'm almost done. I'm trying to finish before the show starts. <laughs> Too late. Welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of lemma champ or lucky track dog league you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate, as long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, tips, tricks, Ooh, my tongue is doing tricks tonight, as well as news and notes in the world of amateur endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or we're lucky enough and Chrissy gives us just the tip, we're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm not mental. <laughs> That's right. Mental isn't here. He's uh the Air Force took his phone away and made him go over to the desert or something. I don't know. We don't even know. He's not here. We can't tell you or he'll have to kill us. Anyway. Um, we are and he's not coming either. Us. You didn't tell us. And yeah. he's not coming. So we're not waiting for him. Is yeah. that one of those yeah. like, oh, we'll be here later. And if you're lucky listeners, he might not make next week's show. So you get two mental free weeks. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, thanks for coming back and listening to a Lockheed Starlifter episode of our podcast, episode 141. And if you're not driving a car, don't forget your E1R bingo card. It is a little bit of fun. Like I say, it's a lot of fun, but it's a little bit of fun. And that's it's a fun when you're solid. getting close to bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Give you something to do, which is nice. So it's time to think about what you're working on. Jeff, what are you working on? Uh, I know so, what everyone else is working on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're, uh, we're, I finished the floor project in the master bedroom. And uh, awesome. I, yeah, it's awesome. It actually looks great. It's a, it's a great product. Like I said last week, it's the, uh, the Cali bamboo, but the click lock ones, because I'm not as skilled as some other people. And uh, yeah, I, I've decided that w- big things like laying floor, I'm really good at. Little things like molding. I'm a freaking caveman. Like, it's amazing how quickly I can go from, you know, that cut wasn't perfect. And there's a little gap in that, like, corner there to, holy cow, that's a mess of caulk. I got to wipe that off of everything. It's, this I try to figure out what bad. part of molding like, that you were bad at. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the Harbor Freight Chop Saw that I checked with a square like 27 times and it's it's supposed to be cutting at 45 but they just don't freaking match and i don't know we, we haven't introduced our guest but we brought in a guest engineer and maybe when we get to him he can explain to me like how many centuries have we had a screw why are we still assembling things with nails and why am i why does every third one bend like i i don't know Anyway, all the furniture is back. We've moved back into the room. That is awesome. Uh, and I'm going to keep picking at the scab. I'm like, I, I got to the edge of the bedroom and I'm like, I could do the hallway. <laughs> I know what that's like. So we went out, we bought a couple more boxes and I'm just going to keep ripping up the house. 
It will look so nice when it's done, though. It will, because our carpet is terrible. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Plus dogs and small children. Yeah. Mm. But, Big children. That- but yeah, I, I'm. It's just crappy. Who has carpet anyway? I don't know. <sighs> Chrissy, what are you working on in your carpet-free house? Uh, well, I have. We do have a carpet upstairs, so that's there. That's there, but that's only a quarter of the house. So, um, we have been doing sanding. Chris will tell you more about all the sanding. But uh, all weekend, all we did was sand. Uh, sand, 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 and it's getting there. We're making some progress, so that's good um this is yeah. sanding on the boston whaler sanding on the boston whaler yep it is coming along all of the parts are off it is now a hull that we now care about if it's getting wet because it doesn't have any drain uh so we had fortunately we did tarp it last night um but it is going well so we're sanding and um yeah i did some uh grinding of uh what do you call it grinding of uh like epoxy what do you call that epoxy no Gel coat? There's, there's caulking no. in the non-skid. Yes, caulking in the non-skid. Sealing holes previously. So it's one of like, those things where what, using the wire like, wheel, it blows everywhere kind of stuff. Like, Jeff, when you, you're supposed to do is when you screw something into a boat, you put caulking around it so the water doesn't intrude into that hole. I understand this concept. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so when That's you pull that thing off, system. there's still residual caulking in the non-skid. So you the only problem is it just flies everywhere out. and gets sticky and gross and stuff. Um, if, if you'd like me to bring my big caulk over... I could help with that. No. Thanks, though. Uh, and... Wait, I just ordered one. It's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you just ordered one. That implies you didn't have one in the first place. Uh, I did some or yard I just work. Wanted two. Come uh, on. Sure. Uh, I did a, some yard a handyman work. left it at my house. That's the only reason I have one. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I get to go on vacation this weekend. I keep threatening a nap or resting, oh, and literally oh. we, do, we don't do that. So I, just, I am headed to the shore. Um. Yeah. So, Chris, you want to... on. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Got that out of the trailer again. All right. Uh, Chris, tell us more about the sanding and all the crap that's yeah, going on. So with we've, the boat. we've been working on restoring our 1982 Boston Whaler Montauk 17. We had everything stripped out of it. Now we're start off with sanding the gel coat because you have to sand the gel coat with like 220 grit paper so the paint actually might stick to it instead of just falling off so when it gets in the water. Nobody wants to go all through this work for that. So, But you have to do very well, not miss all the spots. There's lots of crevices and things to get in in the boat. So that, that takes a long time to do. Uh, after that, uh, it also involves some removing some bottom paint. And if you've never done it, that is a sad, sad job to do. Uh, it's just terrible stuff and it's thick and it doesn't want to come off. And that's the point. And someone in 1982 painted the water line in this at the bow too high by like six inches. And I've never liked it. It always bothered me and I figured now's the time I got to take it all off. So that involves strippers, paint stripper. Yeah, it does. Hey, they're out of work right now. If I could have paid them, <laughs> do this, that would have been fantastic. There's that place in Louisiana who's doing the drive through strip bar. Have you seen that? Yep. I've heard about it. And uh, so anyway, got the strippers, then f- having all the holes that are, it's amazing how many holes are in a boat from all the stuff that's screwed into it. So taking all those, actually drilling them out to clean them, chamfering the holes at the top so that, that you know it's a little broader so it's easier to get the filler into, it's not as abrupt. Um, filling all those holes with thickened epoxy. I'm doing the West system epoxy resin with fillers and various other things. It is brilliant stuff. 
and repairing damage to the front where my ex-stepmother crashed the boat into the dock years ago. So I've kind of like patched it, patched it, patched it over the years, but it's never been good because I couldn't get really to the damage. So now I can and I'm actually fixing it. So yeah, a little bit here, a little bit there. I eat an elephant. Next step is fair. After we sand the repairs that I made is fairing, which is a smoothing compound, but kind of like Bondo. Bondo is fairing. It's like that, but epoxy that goes on all the little cracks and crevices and imperfections. You know, it's usually Mental's job to introduce the guests, and he usually prepares a lengthy bio. Um, and we totally don't have that prepared at the moment. Uh, I think you can come up with one. He can, I, I come up with one. Uh, how do I describe Hamsa? Hamsa probably has a higher clearance rating than Mental. That's why we brought him in. And he has recently retired from one of the armed forces, but I can never tell because he always says, well, I worked for this one, but I was in this one. So I, I, I don't know anything. Uh, and he is currently a, a, a student at the university of Maryland getting like more engineering knowledge because I guess he didn't know enough yet. Engineer E36 cheater aficionado, uh, all-around good guy, and definitely the place you want to be in the zombie apocalypse. Ham Selinsky, what's happening? Um, yeah, I'd say living the dream, but really none of us are living the dream right now. We're all sort of trapped in a dystopian nightmare. Unless that's um, what your dream was. Yeah, uh, I was. You could say we were prepared for it, but uh, you don't really know what you're preparing for until you're. Only you were prepared for it. Pardon? Only you were prepared for it. Oh, well, well, that background is prepared for it. Yes, it Stop. Yeah, Those please. of you watching on YouTube, you can see that there is a a mountain of toilet paper behind Hamsa at this very moment. No, Hamsa, really, seriously, what 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 branch of the armed forces so, did you retire from? I did 20-some years in the Air Force. Uh, I did 10 years of that was in uh, special operations units. And then I did four years uh, as a test engineer up here uh, in Washington, D.C., um, doing material testing uh, and field testing of what we called good ideas. So, you know, you, you have a brain trust in the, in the world and lots of, lots of good ideas come out of that. And some ideas need to be matured and fostered and supported and grown and others need to be prevented from becoming a reality. And my team for, for four years was in charge of early operational and early field testing of good ideas. Some you immediately see that there's probably a great and you know, shiny future for it. Others you want to kill quick before we put good money after bad um, in developing something that's really not going to work well. So they needed, uh, they needed guys that had jumped out of airplanes and done stuff around the world and were used to operating in austere locations to come into research labs and tell PhDs, I mean, and this is not disparaging at all, uh, to tell really, really smart people that they designed some really, really cool stuff, but they forgot to put an on-off switch on it. And that these 18-year-old at night under gunfire would probably have a hard time with the touchscreen capacitive touch sensor. So it, this is, it was, it was really about making those changes early before those, you know, not bad ideas, but those flawed systems become further developed and change is hard, but change is really hard when it's too late. And uh, 
just because we always bag on engineers and driving the train and everything, what kind of trains do you drive? I am an electrical engineer by undergrad and then a systems engineer and uh, doing a postgrad, you know, back as a grad student in additive manufacturing. So you so, drive electric trains. That's all I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Got you, know, it. you could call it a, you know, Pixie Wrangler or, you know, magic wiggles through the sky. Uh, what, you know, how does FM radio work? Nobody knows. It's just effing magic. Um, mm. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Totally. So I, I started out in that um, and then working in a, in a test shop really pushed me towards the human uh, person operating that system uh, is part of it. And really, they're the part that is both easiest to change and difficult to change in some cases, you know, if you're old dog, new tricks kind of thing. But also, they're the part that can't be engineered. It's something that has to be worked or, you know, us assumptions have to be made and then you have to build a system around it, you know, and around the person, around the environment, around the task demands, which is why we kind of brought this topic up when we were talking about guest topics is uh, everyone racers and three pedal mafia, you guys have done a great job. And I guess I'll say we've done a great job of developing drivers and we're really good at like changing the, the knowledge, the skills, the abilities, of the the meat bag in the seat, right? And and we can we can tweak those things, and we oh can, I can tweak a meat bag, <laughs> and we can give somebody new knowledge. You're in rare form tonight. Skills. I am. We can we can allow them to have a, a better ability or a better interface. But what we can't really change the part that's hard is the socio environmental factors. You know, like how tired somebody is. We have to work around that because we can't suddenly get them more well-rested at, at hour three of the car. You know, if they're in there for a four-hour stint, we can't make them more awake at four at, at, at that point. Well, we were going to put handfuls of crystal meth in the car, but we were advised that was a bad idea. So, yeah. all right, no crystal meth in the car. All right, well, well this... We're, yeah, we're going to get to that topic in just a few yeah. minutes. We're going to talk about the human-machine interface. Yeah, this is great. You know, so what have you been working on this week, Hamza? Like, what are you filling your days with right now? <laughs> um, yard, well, like everybody, yard work. I actually yeah. uh, dug out some lawn implements from a neighbor from their yard. And, like, it's, it's getting bad when you're refurbishing 20-year-old lawn rollers and re-rolling your lawn to flatten out the divots. And uh, Come to that, huh? Between my house uh, and two neighbors' houses, we've gone through 12 cubic yards of topsoil. We've filled all the holes. We reseeded the lawns. We're, we've, we've now rolled them. Uh, so I've just been been doing this stuff, um, exi- you know, around the house. Uh, built three right. wooden planters two weeks ago. Um, doing some circuit board design. Actually, getting back head down on uh, electrical engineering. Doing a microcontroller for some uh, systems integration stuff, taking magic wiggles from one box and turning them into magic wiggles that another box can read. So This is way more interesting than me sanding bottom paint off of something or telling people what to do on or, insurance claims. Or, or so. me bending nails going, damn it. Anyway. Yeah. I did so, get yeah. my five-year-old with a power drill though. She is now familiar with a, uh, an impact driver. Excellent. She's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, those of you not on our text message, which is, you know, half of the people listening, uh, Hamza keeps sending out videos of him training his five-year-old daughter to do 
menial and mechanical tasks around the house. Um, what have we seen? We've seen, did we see a blower? No. Yeah, we, we saw we saw a yard blower. We saw uh, was it was it an impact screwdriver with making the raised beds? Yeah, uh, we saw uh, car training, car control training through the uh, RC and ride-in car. So yeah, I can't get my son to put down the uh, put down the Nintendo Switch for five minutes to like pay attention to me. So you 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 win, Dad, this week. Yeah, well, she hasn't hit teenage years yet, so that's it's, probably going to change. I've, yeah. I've got. I got to make ground now because I know I'm going to lose ground later. <laughs> yeah. Well, all, all right. right. Let's move on to the next segment. News and notes. Uh, I am going to talk because I am uh, quickly smiling and making jokes through the pain here. Uh, it is, uh, what, what is this? June 3rd, 2020. And it's a, Hamsa is right. We are living through a pit of hell at the moment. Uh, this is a comedy show about racing, not about race and justice, but like our cities are burning right now. And the, the pain that a lot of Americans are going through right now is, is real. And I, I'm looking at a, a, a group of people who all kind of grew up in America and all grew up white. And we know that we have white privilege and we don't have 400 years of systemic and individual racism that gets in our way and you know that makes us different than a lot of the people out there and we're not gonna we're not gonna pretend that this incredible racial inequity doesn't exist um yeah so if you're out there and you're black or brown person you're probably experiencing the news really different right now um yeah, recently I asked you all to donate to a local food bank because I talked about the trouble that is happening in, in hunger in America. And today I'm going to ask that you listen to the protesters and realize that the reason people are gathered around the calling card of Black Lives Matter is because it's clear frequently in this country that they don't. Uh, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Freddie Gray, Philando Castile, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd are only a couple of the names that we know. Um, so yeah, so stand or kneel with our friends and understand that this country does not treat everyone the same. And we have a leg up because of the color of our skin. Uh, when I speed and I get pulled over, I might get a ticket, but I'm probably not going to get shot. And that's a worry that a lot of our listeners probably actually have to deal with. So it sucks and we know it sucks and i have put away my social media for the last 48 hours i know chris you're not even on facebook but the the yeah it's terrible out there my uh my wife does regular social media fasts so she had been in the middle of a two week social media fast not in the middle of at the end of and uh, so her return after two weeks of no Facebook or, or even watching the news. And, and when she does that, she asks that I not keep her informed. Hmm. So I just let this one roll. And then she, she popped out of that and she was shocked to find America literally burning. Um, so, yeah. And, and you live at the epicenter there because you're right outside of D.C. So, yeah, uh, she if she were to not be in Corona uh, lockdown, my wife uh, works downtown D.C. She's done, you know, 
training in the West Wing of the White House and the Eisenhower Building and the Reagan Building. Um, she works right down there. Uh, her office is currently permanently closed, not for coronavirus, uh, until they reduce some tension in, in the area. There's her office is two blocks from the protests, or from sorry, two blocks from the White House. Yeah, rough. Check that. Four blocks. Close enough. Close, Close enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know it's it's bad, and I'm trying. Like I said, I'm I'm. Chrissy said I'm in rare form, and it's because I'm I'm laughing to cover because I don't want to be funny tonight, and I don't want to talk about cars, and but I'm going to do it because it's an escape. So, Chris, you want to talk about Bentley, and then I'll do my story. Sure. Bentley has pulled the plug finally on the venerable six and three quarter liter V8. After almost 62 years of production and 36,000 units, the power plant that started out in 1959 is finally meeting its fate with the Bentley Mulsanne sedan, its last application. So the L-Series engine, which we have had the delight of experiencing in our 1969 Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow, and frankly, it was clearly by far the best part of the car. It was a <laughs> lovely engine. It was developed to replace a straight six. Its power rating went undisclosed at the time and for some time after, although Bentley claims today that it made around 180 horsepower. Uh, it was fitted to virtually every Bentley and Rolls-Royce model that went down the road, and its power rating was famously described by the automaker only as adequate, which is a very, very stiff upper lip way to describe it. You don't need to know. That's a vulgar question to ask how much power it makes. <laughs> it is adequate. So eventually, in the Mulsanne speed, it made a rated 530 horsepower and 811 foot-pounds of torque as that's, a turbocharged gasoline engine. I mean, that's amazing. That's um, a lot of gosh darn torque. <laughs> and it did it just completely silently and vibration-free. Pour out some warm ale or some uh, English breakfast tea for the, the Rolls-Royce six and three-quarter liter. That motor was... Uh, I can't believe that they made 36,000 of them in 62 years. That's like 500 a year. Like GM yeah. produces like 500 LSs every seven and a half minutes or something like that. Like, yeah. Like that's as many EcoBoosts as Ford made today. Like, about <laughs> it. Well, not a whole lot of people are buying Rolls Royces. So, that's uh, why it's uh, exclusive. Exactly. So Hamza, I know we sent you the, uh, the show notes there. Did you click this link, this Tesla link? I just actually, I just did. I have not clicked the video because I actually refocused my attention to uh, to listen to what was going on here. So I have not actually made it go. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to do mute while I watch. So yeah, so there's this video out there and we are on YouTube. We probably could pull out a way to actually show it, but we're not going to do that because we can then get flagged when we post on YouTube. But uh, yeah, there is a, there, there's a Tesla who is in the left lane. I believe it's a Model 3, as far as I could tell. And it's cruising down the highway. And there is a box truck uh, that is on its side in the middle and driving lane, in the passing lane. And the Tesla is in the left lane. And every car that's piloted by a humid can see it and pulls out of the way. And the Tesla slams right into the box. Yep, it sure does. <laughs> Yeah. It's not a Tesla Model 3. That is a Tesla Model 1.25 now. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's an S. It's been shortened. <laughs> oh, it's been shortened. Yes, yes. 
I was like, oh. when he said one, I was like, oh, you mean, no, no, it's definitely, uh, yeah, so there it is. The human was clearly not paying attention as the instructions say that you're supposed to pay attention. Well, the human might not be alive now. Uh, he is, he is okay. Good. Uh, it, 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 you know, that part of the truck is actually not as hard as it looks. Yeah, sure. so, what's in it. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's bricks, then you're like. <laughs> right, if it's full of toilet paper, it's Marine like, oh, that would be lovely That would be bad, <laughs> you know, um. Yeah. So yeah. So there it is. Another Tesla crash. Uh, I always like to say that, of course, we. I love Tesla and I want a Tesla. I just hope I don't get as lazy as this guy someday when I own one. You're supposed to pay attention and not Meh. just let it Meh. do because we've been fiddling perfect. with the auto driving stuff in the Mercedes a little bit, and you know the like hundred miles that we've driven it, and you know like it's it's quite good in the right conditions, but it's definitely far from perfect. Like you can't just ignore it and let it go. And, it, and it Chris will. tries and I'm like, stop, no, just grab the wheel. Like he's testing it, but it's my new car. I'm like, I but don't want looked, you to, but it's, but it did like, it breaked for me when there people were slowing down. It, like it's just solidly just slowed itself down. It's steering itself around corners. And then it gives you a little graphic, yeah, like, like, no, touch the wheel, uh, you know, but it, 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 like, it doesn't like, does like it stop if you're not touching the wheel. Like eventually it will. But uh, I don't want to find out how close to the car it will go. The, yeah. the Panda autopilot system, the open pilot, is actually pretty interesting because it points a camera also at the driver and uses eye tracking. So if if you take your eyes off the road, it will alert you that you better get your eyes back on because it's about to cede control back to you. So <laughs> it actually you 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 have to stay face forward, eyes open. If you start like pulling out a newspaper, doing everything like that, it's going to warn you that it is not going to continue operating your vehicle. So it's actually pretty interesting there. Um, but there's some privacy issues and some you know, other issues that would prevent it from widespread use. But if you're willing to do that, I have a friend who, who does that. He actually drove from Wisconsin, uh, from Madison to my house and only actually made three or four turns himself. But, uh, but you have to stay heads up and eyes on. I mean, he made it through the Pennsylvania mountains coming down here uh, with, uh, it was 81. Yeah. So yeah, it's doable, but you have to cede your sort of privacy. Yeah. Like so many things in the world these days. Actually. Yeah, really. <laughs> you can do it, but no more privacy. Exactly. So uh, upcoming races, AER, Nelson Legends, June 6th. That's this weekend coming up. June 6th and June 7th, there are 24, 25-ish, as we know uh, from last week. There was one, at least one extra registration that was going to be done by our, our, uh, our guest, uh, uh, guest Trevor. Uh, I must call him Tyler again. Our guest Trevor had not registered his team yet. So there's at least 25 uh, cars registered for Nelson's Ledges, AER, June 6th and June 7th. This will be their first race back since the Rona. So good luck, everyone who's going to AR. Yeah, and Lucky Dog was last weekend. We don't have any results yet, but uh, hey, they had it. That's fun. They actually had a race. There you go. There you go. Pacific yeah. race, Pacific Ridge. That's like right in where like the Rona started, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, I heard a little bit from uh, Bill Fisher about what it was like being at the NASA HPDE at Mid Ohio, where he was. Oh, that also happened last weekend, correct? It did. Yep, it actually went on. The differences were that there's no HPDE one at all. 
the classroom sessions are broken up into small groups of t- 10 people or less led by like a, you know, an instructor for those 10, but everyone's standing a ways apart. So the instructor had to yell quite a bit and you had to be outside. So it was not an ideal learning environment. Um, there was no in-car instruction unless the instructor is in the same family as the instructee and the instructor all is already an instructor like level four. Um, so a lot of it was done by, yeah, right. So you still get instruction, honey, when we go, but, uh, there we go. Um, and a lot of it was done by lead follow and drills and things like that. And then with downloads afterwards. So, so we still probably the future of instruction. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have to be something. It's still hard. Like, how do you get someone that's really just new? How do you like just watch them for 20 minutes going, oh, God, oh, 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 oh. But like God. their inputs, you know, they're, they're yeah. how do they, how are they stabbing the brake? Well, how are they shuffling their hands? The car. Yeah, but just some of it's helpful to know. Yeah. But inside. how do you even keep someone under control? Like if you've got a newbie in a Z06 and they get out there and there's no one in the right seat to reel them in when they need to be reeled in, which we've all seen. That's a tough one too. And you can't really it's talk to them until they get out. Yeah. Unless you have like the in-car radios, but that's a whole other world of things. And you got a radio floating around because people aren't going to install radios and that's a projectile. I don't know. Okay. We, we should see, but one step one, we started back a little bit and right. see how it goes. There you go. Oh, listener feedback time. I actually have some listener feedback. If oh, you good. Do. I'm oh, glad fantastic. Yeah. It's on my phone say. here. Mm. Uh, so a giant Dave uh posted some pictures in a citrus racing lounge gentleman dave gentleman joe yeah i'm sorry uh in, in, what do we call it Intrant gentleman homeless gentleman yeah. uh traveling rubber gentleman tra- travel, like traveling, traveling gentleman. gentleman uh transient i think that's what he said transient gentleman so transient gentleman dave was posting on several lemons forums this fantastic amazing picture that i think has four penises on it i'm not sure it's like he's holding <laughs> well, one he's does the double ender one. count as one or two i don't know that's i don't the, know that's the... um so yeah so he was posting that all over social media and he just wanted to say drop in and say hey listening to you guys on sunday was a great addition to the iRacing chat phil went down quite a rabbit hole um i've been on the sidelines for too long i'm definitely going to get an iRacing setup and don't think my silence around the podcast is any reflection that I'm not listening because I am. And my appreciation for the call outs is great. So he also told go. me that he is uh, still suffering a little with the transmission, but he didn't want to get into details. Actually, he gave me the details. He doesn't want to broadcast the details. So still <laughs> oh, Dave. on the road with oh. zero desire to return to the great northeast because it's on fire and why would anyone want to return here agreed no but he's probably gonna have to go through and or past many places that are also on fire so it's not just because of the east coast yeah he he has some uh discussion about uh the i racing too that i'm going to get to in the i racing section so all right your videos are just very hard to the russian dash cams going on yes, there's so many crashes you're like oh no who's gonna hit oh no oh mm. no okay racer rona reaction okay so show friend i jetta pilot and all-around good person alex levinson this week is you is our you drink you no i'm sorry you donate <laughs> we drink rather or everybody drinks that's fine too 
Set liver, as always, any charity will be accepted. Alex is making a special plea for the American Childhood Cancer Organization. In addition to a promised gin and tonic for each donation, Alex is upping the game by promising to strip one article of clothing for each donation. Naked and drunk sounds like the weekend we missed it and JMP. Um, I... I didn't write this. Um, <laughs> find Randy Bish or our Facebook contest. Uh, contact us to donate. Uh, link to the American Childhood Cancer Organization is in our notes. All the stuff is on iRacing, uh, so you'll be able to find all that. But hopefully, you're going to participate. That is tomorrow's iRacing. Yep, got it. Godspeed, Alex. Make sure you hit his pink and black Jetta. Okay. Seriously. Uh, so I, I have another uh, racer Roner reaction. I, we didn't put it in the notes and I didn't clear talking about it, but I don't care. It's Darren and he's a buddy of all of ours. Uh, the, the fine folks in the Southeast, since they lost CMP, are renting CMP for a track day. Uh, you can find it on the social medias. Uh, I think the price is getting down below $500 per car. It's going to be like seven hours of basically run what you brung and uh, you know it's I, it's old school there's no tech there's no license there's no nothing just show up and please be safe and there it is don't be a douchebag don't be a douchebag we'll or we're okay. gonna throw you out yeah if, well, if this great. works uh out well this may be a, a new precedent that you know gather up enough people and pick a pick a weekend uh it's unfortunate that this one doesn't work for me and the bmw but there's a race prepped POW right behind, you know, two walls away that this might be a really good thing to do going forward. So Darren is oh. really kind of paving new territory here that there may be people following his path. How much would we love to rent Shenandoah for a 3 p.m. track day? Oh my God. <laughs> Shenandoah. <laughs> it's been a long Shenandoah. time. <laughs> and and at, at lunchtime, we, we run tow vehicles. Just because. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then <laughs> RVs. Go. No, oh, then, no, pit, then pit bikes for one lap. <laughs> Hell yeah, pit bikes. <laughs> That's, that may be genius. I may actually need to look into that. That, that would be glorious. There will be a lot of people there, and it will be a lot of mess. And we would need somebody to make the rules, I think. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, you have more information that you did not read. I, I did. Um, so, uh, uh, iRacing, Thursday. No, no, I'm getting there. So, uh, Giant Dave is going to be at the, uh, this is an extra extended thing, uh, is going, to, is going cool. down to arrive and drive at the, uh, at the, the CMP thing. Uh, he was going to arrive and drive with some other people, including Soggy. And I asked him if Soggy was fast because he said he was stacking drivers to win the 24 last year. And he included himself and Soggy in the list of drivers that were stacked and poised to win this CMP 24. And he told me that Soggy had the fastest lap in the car by three or four seconds. Is this possible? Is it possible that Soggy knows how to drive? Well, he's never, or not never, but he rarely drives anything that was worth driving fast or that he even like tries driving fast. Like it's not worth trying to drive the Simca fast at all. Or, you know, and Ferkel, you know, he did well in Ferkel actually. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how to judge Ferkel's speed. It's a TDI 911 that is... Yeah rolled and looks terrible and i don't even know what the suspension is or anything no Ferkel, no clue 
Perkle was was moving. I don't know who was driving it, but Perkle was moving pretty quick two years ago down at Barber. And we were all yeah, there. I think that was yeah, mostly that soggy. Was he drove it down and then raced most of the race and drove it home to Pennsylvania. He used Barber as a personal car flogging test day. Test pretty weekend. much. Yeah. Well, that's great. Good for him. He did well at uh, at iRacing. Well, then this goes right into what we were saying. On Thursday, Lemons raced at Laguna, and it was a mess. A whole helly, crashy, terrible mess. And I think Soggy, like, won his class or something. I'm not sure. Uh, Mental and I did the commentary, and Chris raced. Uh, the highlight for us was, of course, the crash fest at the end. And uh, bearded sim racer Sean, uh, what's Sean's name? I don't even know his whole name. Yoder. Sean Yoder, thank you. Uh, was, He's an Amish gentleman. That's why the beard yes. and the Yoder, right? He, he He's was good with wearing, computers. <laughs> he was wearing his VR glasses and spectating from the side of the track. And Chrissy, if you don't like the video behind me you should have seen this eye racing stuff she it was it. pretty i did i was there yeah. no on thursday did you see it on thursday yeah, yeah i was there oh, okay i, I just didn't talk because you guys were talking oh. sorry <laughs> uh I, he flew to the blimp that was interesting yep uh yeah it was fun for us in the commentator booth chris was it fun for you in driving no no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was fun for a while until like, like I was actually, I had a nice, a fairly clear track. Like it had passed people here and there and I was running third. Everything was going great. And then I really got into the, like the crowd. What a mess. What a mess. I had done, I had taken a break from this cause I wasn't enjoying it. Thought I'd give it a try again. I'm good. I'm good with Thursday night sprint races. I'm going to stick to the trash Tuesdays and the gladiator races and our, monday weekly everyone racers race nights which are the most fun it's a great group of people we have a great time uh, i i'm enjoying it yeah um we'll talk about that I'm sure at some point here or we talk about it now because why not well let's talk about sunday first all right sunday yeah well we we all were in the commentary on sunday um, which I thought that was a fun race to watch. It was in New Hampshire. I think there was some good racing. I think we had too many people in the broadcast booth. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> Especially when one person sucks all the air out of the room. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was yeah. a little tough, to, you know, to, to get like get a groove on and get a you know, get a word get a, in edgewise. Get a good yeah, that too, and get a good just a good yeah. commentary banter going. You know. So so I, I will call it out. Uh, I, I think Phil was getting paid a dollar every time he mentioned Richard Nixon's dong and whatever the alcohol was that he was drinking. Um, and it was, we, we, I don't think we really even talked about the race very much at all. We tried to because mental, um, has figured out and I'm going to try to figure out how to be able to view as a spectator and therefore be able to bounce around the track and be able to see other things that are going on. So I think he tried to interject about what was going on, but really once we said, Hey, there's a car and then something else happened. Yes. No, totally. Yeah. Well, we it took Chrissy and I about 20 minutes to get our setup right, to be able to have the best feed to get both of our audio mics going and to get it all to work. Once we did, we were fine though. But by then we couldn't really get a word in edgewise. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> As a non-sim racer who has watched uh, all of the, the Lemons events, not all, probably missed one or two here, but uh, I really do enjoy watching them because uh, it's just enough of what you're familiar with, with the banter and the track. And uh, I think there's a magic mix of 
discussing the track, the nuances of the track. You know, it was New Hampshire, so there's like nine things that'll collect cars all over the place, tree houses, bowls, and it's Turtles. really a cool track to Turtles. talk about. And and yeah, the turtle, which I think is actually a Ford Mustang brake caliper that's just been paved over for 20 years. <laughs> deep underneath, Maybe. deep underneath about 18 inches of pavement is a brake caliper. That uh, could be. The the magic of that, and then a little bit about who's who in the zoo, and then talk about something else. But uh, I don't think I could sit and watch two hours of actual real race commentary. Oh, no, no way. No, no, no. That would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not real cars, in case you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Not. But you've got to find that mix a little bit. And I think, Hamza, you gave the exact right mix of things to talk about, but it's finding the, the balance of how much of each one. Yeah. I think yeah. is the key. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're still learning. Yeah, Phil, Phil showed up and it went left, and it never yeah. got back. You can't you, know. get, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No, it out. no and, I, and I, at one point I just sat back and I was like, "Well, I left. I left I, for a I'm while. Gonna I was. Back, I'm gonna sit back here and eat popcorn and that's eat, what watch I did. I was like, I need some more gummy bears. See ya. I'm like, call me if anything happens. Yeah. Uh, and hey, right. maybe we'll go back someday. Who knows? Yeah. If they Let's let us, talk we about E1R racing. Yeah, Chrissy. Let's E1R there racing. E1R Racing, there was a small crowd at uh, the participant. Sorry about that. Small crowd at Barber uh, this weekend. It was fun. We had a lot of legends. Florida Mandani was in the Jetta with his PS4 controller. Only took a few people out, but did pretty well, actually. I felt, I was like, oh, you're doing well. And then he rear-ends me for no reason at all. And I was like, <laughs> I'm here and I'm leaving. Take it back. I guess. So he did apologize. I uh, had a fun night, but uh, we're always looking for more people to join us. I can only assume that everybody that raced on Sunday was too tired to join us for the fun on Monday, but uh, we would love to have you. Uh, it's good racing. It is. Uh, we're all pretty good, and we probably do. Uh-huh. Oh, Hams has got Just some VR glasses. Yep. Oh, yep. you've never seen jacked up driving. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Jeff we just. We have, <laughs> that's we have Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yes. terrible. You are terrible. It's amazing, actually. Uh, Chris was in the second race. I was in the first. He's in second. Yes, second race was a, a I'll call it a good old time. Really, we uh, we said, all right, legends and Pro Two trucks, and one Camaro to jump off of. So that's what we had. Damage was off. Hitting was encouraged. You know, and it's we had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun. Uh, the legend and the Pro Two are surprisingly close when the truck cuts the course. And the layout of the tr- of the course is such that it can't cut it so much that it gets a black flag for cutting the course too much, like like Lime Rock that ha- that happens, for example. So it worked out really well. It was good good close racing between the Legends and the Pro Two trucks. I thought it was a lot of fun. Jeff, I, I was in the too. Legends and I was having a ball. I was running. We should have like, done this the first round. Then we we should have. I like, didn't even see anybody the whole like most of the time that I raced on. Yeah, we, on we were a little round. light on Monday night. So if you're out there and you have an iRacing racing setup and you want to have some fun, join us on Monday nights. E1R is the hosted race. It happens at 9 p.m. The password is our favorite brake pads. Email us, text us if you don't know what it is. Look at your bingo card. It's four letters long. St- 
Okay, well, I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, I, Richard Petty. Yeah, there you go. Richard Petty. Richard Petty. That's what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, come on out. Have a good time. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. I learned something this week. No. Yes. I don't no. believe it. I okay. learned about setups. I you stole Chris's. I need to figure it out because I thought I had a setup that was good. It's terrible. And then I put on Chris's. And I was like immediately faster and immediately more controlled. So like I got a 150. Yay. And I was like, seriously? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I still only have like one monitor and can't see left or right. So that's a problem in traffic. But it was so we didn't have well, we didn't have traffic. traffic, So that wasn't the problem. Oh, until you came into me. Yes. Yes. Just once. Oh, I thought I was I thought I was by you. I couldn't see you. I did think I was by you. Yeah. And then you just took me out. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I was a little sorry then. I'm not sorry now. That's true. Okay. Uh, it's, it's all still better than like the the Laguna one earlier. When I'm driving by someone who's on the far right side of the track, who then decides they want to go to pit lane and goes clang right across the track into me. So that's four contact points. I spin out. There's another two points, and I hit a guardrail. There's another two points. DQ. He was throwing stuff. You got DQ'd? Yeah. Not yeah. just black yeah. flags. Not like It was like seconds. two laps by the end yeah. of the race. Like it yeah. was just So I didn't I didn't even get to enjoy the post race crash fest because I was the post race crash fest oh, the number of times I got hit by somebody from completely out of nowhere and spun and that's and then into something. So all those things just keep adding up points, boom, DQ'd. Wow. It's it been a so while bad. since I've been DQ'd. I've It I've, wasn't his fault. I've had to serve some penalties. But I haven't been DQ'd in a couple of races. Yeah. How yeah. do the penalties and, and, and scoring work in the E1R setup? It's the standard oh. iRacing thing. So, like, if you're off track, it's one point. And I did a couple of those on myself. Like, I didn't quite make the current of the corkscrew, so I went over the dirt a little bit. Like, okay, no, no big deal. No one around. Um, if you spin out, it's two points. Or any or loss of control, contact with other cars, four points, things like that. You get to a and, certain point, you get a black flag. And and, and it's stupid. It's just a machine, so it doesn't know. It doesn't place blame. So well, if you get hit in the rear bumper squarely, both of you get the same amount of points. Technically, aren't all of our races at fault races and all fault races? Oh, we're having trouble hearing you. Yeah, you're a little, well, you're oh, a little sorry. far away. So technically, aren't all of our races? True. Races yes. As well, We've just gotten into the habit of saying, oh, it's not your fault that you were, you know, four wide in turn one. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Trying to be fair, assess a penalty to things. Just anyway, it's worse. Damn it. Because. <laughs> Stop your feet. <laughs> I lost and I was sad. <laughs> I wasn't sad that I lost. I'm sad that I didn't even get to like finish. And you weren't like, sad. That is mad. frustrating. I will tell you that because I have been DQ'd. That's the worst. That's like, like, I don't care how much penalty I have to run. Let me keep running. Did you rage quit and throw your controller? No, uh, you no, 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 when he got I have, out. <laughs> I have an Oculus. I can't, Oculus. I'm not going to throw that. It was expensive. Right. <laughs> no, but you threw other things and you were mad. I was mad. It's annoying. I have Before so much fun. The story I, is come to Monday. Yeah. Don't Mondays hit are people. So, are so much fun. They're just so much fun. And Thursdays are just so sad. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Merge topic time.
wants to introduce this topic? So you. me, okay. So uh, Hamza started talking about it earlier because he's such a vast brain full of knowledge on this topic that it just spills out of his ears at all times. Uh, it, not it, really. Not, yeah. it is his business. It is his world. It is his previous current previous or current actual career human and machine interfaces yeah, yeah cu- current both so yeah <laughs> past we'll go with past past okay we'll say past press career and 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 he's going to walk chrissy and chris and i through this vast jungle that we understand like an ape understands fire no we know that it burns when it's done this way and we know that it doesn't burn when it's done this way but we don't know the hows and the whys and the higher levels and we want to learn about the higher levels and so yeah explain first what this magical mystery is and then we can talk about it no it's we'll, we'll think about it this way um chrissy you've driven the bmw right yes i have and it's glorious it feels good to drive doesn't it Yes, it does. And Chris will probably say that we're, we're looking at him when, he, when we shear the axle. Yes. Um, so, I've, you know, I've driven it, too. It's very comfortable. Yeah, it, it's comfortable. That's really what we're talking about is um, making the car and, and the, the human-machine combination better suited to the task. So our task is fixed. We can draw the track on a map. We can't really change our task. We can you know, put more or fewer cars or or change the drivers or change the speed. But the task is really fixed. Um, but what makes one car more comfy or easier to drive than another? Uh, I'm guilty of it seven years ago or however God, I've been doing this now. Uh, Building the first couple of cars, I started, uh, I'll do racing. I've driven it all from, from crap to Cadillac. Uh, in just the low dollar buck, low buck stuff, I, driven with spank i was i mean i put this seat into the toyo hog for the toyo hogs debut race so talk about a a, a i'm gonna say a hilarious but horrible human machine interface uh, sensory assault in it is, every way it is sensory assault you're you're like, linear shifting with your hand up here by your face um and you're driving a car but driving like a motorcycle because you have and a it's a literal paint, sh- paint shaker button. yes it's a paint shaker and yes We've all driven the, the, the Toronado, you know, front-wheel drive monsters, uh, upside-down Camaros. I welded the Honda Accordion for Speedy Cop. I am familiar with bad human-machine interface. Or like the, a medium example would be like our Civic last time you drove it, before I yes. fixed the seat. The yes. seat was at the wrong angle. Wait, and is it was he, too he far might be getting here. Hold on. Oh. Oh, I, was okay. to... I, I was going to get there, but go, go with it as a medium example. Yeah. Yeah. It, this, this, the seat was angle too far back because before it was too far forward and it pushed your head mm-hmm. forward and i'm so, the one that complained right I so then I angled we can back. complain all we want but he just says this is how it is that hamsa well, gets in the car no, and i was like this is wrong I, and then i'm like i had oh, had the same cool. idea and i just was get finally getting sick of it and the fact that you all said the same thing I was like all right fine because i knew how much work it was involved in fixing it so yeah then so once i changed the angle of the seat well now you're too far away from the wheel so you're driving straight the car is a bit of a handful anyway because it's too much engine and too much tire in too little chassis there's not much we can do about that but at least you can get it to the spot where you can control it so like for this year 
over the winter. It's ready for whenever you all are, whenever we go back, it's got a new seat that is a containment seat, but it goes much further forward so you can get a better angle on the wheel. The angle of it's just right. It doesn't push you in the back of the head. So like, I feel like I made some solid improvements toward these goals there that, you know, the kind of thing anybody can do too, but it, to, you know, it's never going to be as comfy as your car because your car is closer to stock. It doesn't have the, the 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag problem we do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but it's everything but, else is set up right. The steering wheel's in the right place. It, it still has power steering, which makes it easy. Like it, it it's comfortable. They, it's, the egress and ingress is is nice, etc. Yeah, and and that's you, you hit the you hit the topic is we can't change the environment, uh, like the task environment, but we can change the lighting, the noise, the vibration, the you know, the paint sh- the miserable paint shaker car that we've all been in. That's really unpleasant and unsettling, and it reduces your faith in the machine. You, you now second guess if the machine will carry out your inputs, uh, and if you believe the output that you're getting. You know, this, this, the vibration is not matching the power, or the, the turn actual turning radius is not matching my steering amount of steering input I'm putting in, or it becomes disconnected from how you're feeling. Go, go Chris. It's a fatigue issue too, especially on long drives. Yes. Now I, I've always understood the fatigue issue, um, but I, I, what you just said lit a light bulb in my head. The not trusting the machine to do what the inputs were. I had that in my first time at Barber with Bert One. I never felt like Bert One was going to stay planted. Yes. And it made me trepidatious the entire time. And people went out and then they ran faster laps. And I was like, they're turning a lot harder. And and, it, and part of it was the brakes and part of it was the steering that I never felt reacted correctly. Yes. And, and that's that disconnect between your input into the system and the output of the system. And it's the same things with buttons, switches, and gauges, and instruments. If you don't trust your coolant pressure or temperature sensor and your temperature gauge, then you will always overanalyze everything else as a sub substitute for the gauge that you don't trust. If you don't trust your fuel gauge, you will do things like second guess every bit of slosh or every hesitation or every turn, or you'll come, you'll, you'll do things to test the system. You'll take a turn harder or faster to make there be fuel slosh and see if you get stutter and these other things, because you don't trust your gauges. You don't trust what's happening. And as a driver, you've got so much, as, as a human, you have so much attention and you've got so much, you know, cognitive workload, whether that's, we, you know, 10 units or a hundred units or, what, whatever unit we're going to measure it in or how focused you can be on a task. And we want to reduce the cognitive load of just existing in the car so that you can focus your attention and put your, your, your brain power into the task or accomplishing the task better. And if we can make the driver not have to second guess the car or not have to move their head to get around a sight line because the cage and the A pillar don't quite match up. Mm. So you're driving through a periscope hole and, and the bar that when we caged it, you know, cut the top of the windshield down and then we change the seat angle. So we've got this little, you know, P 
peephole, like we skipped, we, we, we scraped just a tiny bit of ice off of a frozen windshield and we're driving through that, except we're doing it at 120 miles an hour, six inches from the hood of the car. Yeah. Chris, um, Chrissy, I, I, I know that your experience in the boat and in El Jefe matches probably a lot of this because I remember you driving the boat, like talking about how terrible the seat was because it didn't hold you in. It never fit because it was a it was a very large Kirky, uh, and the the wings on it like the side had like little wings, and either I could stuff myself my arms into it, or I would have to like be like it. like a butterfly, like I'd have to put my arms out and then hold on to the steering wheel, um, and this may have and and your fancy butt seats may have helped that, um, but it was yes every time I got in I just I was never I was I think even as far as the seat would go up I couldn't reach. I could never, I couldn't put it into third because it was too far away. Things like that that were, yes, absolutely. I, I was like, I don't, I don't even want to drive this because I can't, it's a, it's a chore to get anywhere. Yeah. And you would actually Good say call. things like, I can't make this car go. Like I can't, I can't, I don't feel right in this car. Like you would do general things, not specifically say, well, the seat's weird. You'd say the seat's weird, but you I don't think you connected that specifically to, I hate this. I can't make this do what I want it to do. Did yes. Exactly. And Hamza, I have the ability to show your chart. Um, if you, When you get there, just tell me and I'll put it on the screen for the YouTube people. Or just chuck it in the show notes. Um, if we host it, I have to put a citation in there. I actually oh. got permission from Dr. Barber. Uh, he created this chart. I emailed him after I edited the show notes. When I, when I put in the show notes, do not distribute. I actually emailed him and I got uh, written permission that as long as I cite that it's from him um, at the university, uh, we can hang the PDF out there. So um, we can pull it up uh, as we talk in a little bit, or we can uh, just hang it out there. We can talk about it and hang it out there in the show notes. if somebody what, wants to post it on Whatever website. makes sense for you, man. It's all you. Cool, Christy. I have, I keep thinking about your questioning. If you question the gas gauge because you don't think it's working, you're going to do things to make that, make that, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to do things to try to test it or not. I keep coming back to who, who made the car? Is that a legal input of like, I trust that you make the car? I'm, is this a, like, is that even a thing that you can factor into here? Or maybe it's just something deeper than I'm thinking of. Like you make the car and it's comfortable and it's great and it's wonderful to drive, but I trust that you've done a good job. If you and, look at the upper right corner of that chart, it was yes. socio factors, yes. responsibilities, work group. Uh -huh. If you trust your teammates, yes. you will not second guess their input to you. Okay. I think this, that means a lot. I think it's, it's one of those things like when you, when we were driving the TR, right? So Jeff got out of the TR and was dying. Oh, it's so TR. much work. Oh. And, and Bruce is great that's and the exact wonderful. Opposite of everything. <laughs> but that's okay. the kind of thing I'm thinking of is, is that if you, if you question and, and, you know, Spank is wonderful, builds great cars, but sometimes they're a little skimped and sometimes they're, they're not as, as what we planned. Um, and so you, do you question these type of things when, Yes, because of the person that made them or who might have done it, you're going to question things a little bit more than the people that you absolutely trust. That's the thought that I keep coming back to. Yes, spot on. And you guys, all three of you know that I actually like driving Sasha's builds. I am particular about them. 
and I'll get to why, because I ignore one part of this chart. And I just say, you know, inshallah, Jesus take the wheel on this part of the, of the chart. <laughs> you know? And because part of his, Sasha builds really well put together fun cars. He ignores a good part of what I'm going to talk about. And if you just mentally turn off that expectation, his hardware software system, the, the response time, the accuracy, the reliability, that part of his build is spot on. Now you have to mentally turn off the fact that there's jagged metal and you know death around you. But other than that, they're fun to drive. Big holes in the cage <laughs> that he puts a beer a, a, a beer uh, a, opener a on. Beer batter, yes. I, I am not <laughs> you, are, you are taking a significant life risk of getting in there, but if you get past that, his system is really fun. But so let's, so let's kind of. You get a kebab as soon as you get out of the car, too. <laughs> and yeah, a big kebab. bowl of hot soup. Yes. It's Georgian <laughs> soup. So, so, first off, let's kind of talk about like the task demands. We know that they're there. People are stressed. People have been, you know, upset or they've been slighted on the track. Fatigue has hit in. Three engine changes in a weekend, or, you know, Amanda changed. Four transmissions, so three transmission swaps on in one night. Um, I'm using those as examples. We've all been there. Uh, we can't change those things. Those are kind of we have to live with them. The KSAs, the knowledge, skills, abilities, and the the workload, we have some ability to change. Um, but we want to do things to as best as possible, not make things worse. So. In the chart, you see the upper left, it says environment. There's lighting, noise, vibration, air quality, hazards. Um, we shouldn't make any of those worse. That's, so, that's our environment. That's the human interface of the work environment. So the, that uh, top part of the chart is everything that's wrong with the TR. Yeah, well, yes. You can't see out of it. It's loud as frick. It it's vibrates. It's great noise, though. It's... <laughs> It the air there is no air. The air quality is terrible, and if you crash, you're going to die. So pretty much everything in that corner is a problem. Yeah, and, and we can't change the track environment, but, you know, put the rear windscreen back in or put Lexan on, on it and Lexan on the rear side, the quarter windows, and, and get the air quality better so you're not sucking exhaust fumes. That's, this is actually, you know, human factors. You're not making the car faster. You're making the car more comfortable for the driver to drive and then when they don't have to hate life they will then drive your car faster this is like why in the z we left the entire heating system we left the rear wiper and defogger all that crap that i wish we'd never taken out of the civic but it's gone now so like those are all exactly for this reason is we need to make this car more comfortable and therefore faster and better to drive for the drivers yeah you're not making the car faster <laughs> You're making the driver able to drive it faster because they won't be fighting to see. They yeah. won't be, you know, dealing with fighting to breathe. Or fighting to breathe, yes. It's not to put too fine a point on it. Or or, um, or fighting to not hear the or to hear the radio over the sound because there's just it's a rattle box. So that's the human to the work environment. And then what we what we kind of want to talk about is like how do you interface the human, the meat bag into the machine, right? Um, I, I cited some things in there. There's a couple of good uh, articles. There's a great you know, 1950s legit you know, publication article uh, on why there is no average human. So if you take all of us, and I don't know if you read the little pre-read, take all of our arm length, leg length, and all these anthropomorphic measurements, and you, you just 
algebraically average them together, there really isn't anyone who has average arm length and average leg length, leg length and average torso length and average hip width. Um, there really isn't that person. Yeah, this is the problem with like <clears throat> crash standards, the original crash standards. It never modeled for the size of a woman or a pregnancy woman or a pregnant woman or a child or a short man, you know, like it, it, it actually, you know, in, in my world, we talk about biases in systems yeah. and, you know, the bias in many medical systems is they've never tested that drug on a woman or a pregnant woman or a menopausal woman because they only let men in the tests. Exactly. And so there is no average racer and we want to make sure that we fit our target audience and on the on the military side or the aviation side excuse me <clears throat> the term is fifth to 95th percentile so you know heights you you want it to be drivable or in our case drivable we're going to reference driving a car you want the car to be drivable for the fifth percentile woman so that's a small woman i'm six foot tall 210 pounds my wife is five foot three 110 115 pounds and Kirsty, you noticed we use the same seat in the same car, and it's not miserable. Now, we have to do a little cheat pad to get her physically up because we don't have the whole five-axis adjustable seat rack. But, um, and you do the same thing. You use a, a one back pad, right? But other than that, yes. all four of us in our various body types, we all use the same seat, physically hard-mounted. No change to the seat. No change to the steering wheel. Um, but we can do that because we, we, we sized it for my wife and I. So it's a, it is a snug, I don't even remember what size inch width seat, but it, it cradles the, the three guys on the conversation, snug and tight. We are in the car and, and locked in. And my wife has a little bit of room and you're probably somewhere in the middle, Chrissy, right? Because you're tall, you're, you're physically Yeah, I, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, not, it's, uh, it's not noticeable is what it is. It's, it's, it's fine. It fits fine. Well, no, if we, like, we try to build to fit between it used to be between Chrissy and Jim, which is a pretty big difference all around, and now I have to do between Lamino and Jim because that little midget gets in our cars once in a while. Lamino is actually pads. the same size or a touch smaller than my wife. Yeah, except in the middle. But uh, <laughs> hey, he's you know. hey, oh, not now. Oh, you're yeah, not gonna face oh, yeah. He's getting a little oh, jacked. He's jacked. Yeah, he did COVID workout all all the time. Good for him. That's oh, yeah. excellent. So, so uh, but no, no, you're right. Because uh, a gentleman, transient gentleman, Dave is on the slight side, but stout. Yeah. Lamino is, is, is wiry. Can I say that? Is that, is that offensive? Um, we really don't have any like, uh, you know, ginormous people. But like I mean, Darren Jim, is a big dude. Jim is, is a big dude. Or we had Glenn there that weekend. Like he's Glenn. He's, he's yeah. Big. So you want to make sure that you make the, the system. And, and for people that are listening, take the time to, to look at your, your car and what do you have to change? Because we ain't racing for two or three months. Now's the time to make new seat brackets. Uh, I mean, that just totally. amongst us, the, three, the four of us, those are Gen 3 driver's seat rails on the – I don't mean Gen 3 like car. That's the third seat mounting setup. That's Rev 3 of the driver's seat. Um, yeah. So take the time to get it right. Don't make your drivers fight to see or fight to drive. Um, the other thing is the seat is not the only adjustable part of the driver's compartment. 
um, sorry, forward and back of the seat is not the only adjustable part. We have angle, and then we actually have lateral adjustment. And so next time you get in your streetcar, before you get in, maybe draw a little line through the steering wheel, and you'll probably find out that the steering wheel is actually not centered on the seat. Particularly on General Motors cars. They're always <laughs> offset on GM cars. It's terrible. I, I don't mind when the steering wheel is not centered. It's when the pedals are not centered to the seat. That absolutely destroys the driving experience for me. So, yes, and these things are important. So get that seat rack, you know, removed, or if you don't like what you got, take it out, and then just tack up a bracket to hold it in place just strong enough and in place enough that you can get all of your drivers in and out of it. Don't weld out four feet of weld on, you know, a bunch of, you know, hard points and weld it in physically permanently done and spend all day doing it just to find out that it doesn't fit your drivers. And, you know, if, if you are a family or if you're friends and you're past, you know, social distancing, get everybody over there and in a race suit and a helmet. Get them in the seat wearing a helmet before you weld it solid, um, especially if you're doing anything like welding it to your cage. Um, get all of your drivers in and out in a helmet and put the steering wheel in and do these things before you weld it out. Um, and and we, we've talked about doing that with the door bars. You know, like door, door bars are actually one reason that you may shift a seat uh, left or right to clear or, or give or choose your door bars because you want to shift your seat right. Uh, the seat in the in the BMW is actually shifted right about half an inch or an inch. I'm sorry, shifted. It's offset to, to the outside a little bit because I needed I, yeah. I, I needed some space. But the full proper NASCAR door bars give plenty of plenty of space on that left side. I mean that's where we put drink bottles. Yeah, I just shifted the one in the Civic as far to the inside as I could. It's not a very big car, and especially now with the containment seat, it's got the wings on there, and so yes. you got to keep the clearance from the the cage and everything there. So, like, I shifted it so far over to the right. It was only it was actually the the previous one was actually probably only half an inch different, but the shape of the seat was actually it flared out more the way the new seat is so i had to remake the shifter mount to move the shifter mount to the right to be able to get the seat back into an appropriate place where it was lined up nicely with the pedals and the wheel and the gauges and far enough away from the safety items on the driver's side and for not for many of the cars possibly for the civic but the bmw actually has a uh, spacer so we have a standoff steering wheel spacer when it converts from the spline shaft of factory bmw that's, that, that spacer adds, I think, two and a half inches. It brings the, the wheel forward. So it's actually common to get in a car, and like we've all seen, you're, you're driving at your fingertips. And you don't have the – when your hands are far out, you don't have the rotational torque to really get on a steering wheel as much as – Well, that's why you get – when we used to get out and die, just yeah. because you're, you're that tired trying to do all of the, yeah. that motion. At Thompson last year, I had the seat on the wrong notch, and I was fingertipping it, and my – hands like cramped so the, during uh, the shift the thought process i sucked it up and kept driving by the way and did the shift of my freaking life but that's besides the point so take the steering wheel out of your car for all those listening take the steering wheel off and make sure your kill switches are where you want them kill switch should not be your primary on off switch of the car but put the kill switch in the Thank fire you. bottle switch where they are Get the seat in the car and make those two things, kill switch and fire bottle, handle 
comfortable for you to use with the seat where you are driving. Pedals we with your eyes closed with the <laughs> pedals, pedals, and and emergency uh, emergency controls. Get the seat where you want it, and then find out where you want the steering wheel. And if you got to order a three inch spacer to bring it in, order a three inch spacer to bring it in. If you you know if you got to do flat plate and get something water jetted so that you have a zero spacer, do that. But don't worry about the steering wheel to start with. Get it everything else in there because you can move the steering wheel too. And, and it's, it's another option that you can move. And that's really important because you, you wanna make sure that the emergency controls, your, your driver's safety, you know, we, we think of harnesses and Hans devices, but your two primary emergency controls uh, are the two red handles. Uh, and I'm putting my hands up because typically drivers put them, you know, the kill switch on the left side of the dash so that it can be reached from outside. But then you're putting the fire bottle on the other side of your dash usually. Right. Well, we tend to drive one way. And if you look behind Chris on the podcast, you'll see there's two kill switches. There's a, if the center of the dash has a fire bottle and a kill switch, as well as the one for the track worker on the outside. Chris, um, point and, at it right now. Do like this. Yeah. No, down, <laughs> dead, over. That, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so get those things in there. And there's the other one. And, and when yeah. you guys, you know, when you're moving these things, most of our cars are already caged at this point, but cage it tight, get the A pillar snugged up as much as possible. Um, it's behind Chris, but the A-pillar is so tight, you really can't get your finger behind it uh, between the A-pillar and the, uh, and the front cage uh, tube. All right, you can see the passenger one there pretty well. Yeah, the passenger one actually has more space than the driver's one, but get it up there. Get it snugged and out of the way so the driver doesn't have to fight to see. And when There's the no driver... excuse in a, in a cage to not put it all the way out. Like I've seen so many cages, like the one in the Cressida, for example. You can put your arm around that cage almost anywhere. Yeah, it's sad. Wait, we had so much trouble building the Z cage. Yeah. Because we wanted it so deep in the bends that it was like impossible to do with enough bends. But we redid that bar like 27 times to get it as far out as possible. Yeah. So now we've got the, we've got the, the car basically built, but we've got to do all the wiring. So we want to, like Chrissy said, you want to trust your wiring, trust your control. When you hit the switch, you need to have faith that it will turn on the thing. So you're not, you know, jackhammering a switch up and down. Um, and this is a point where, you know, spend $5 a switch and get proper Honeywell name brand, switch, not AutoZone switches. Get Any proper... preferred source for that kind of stuff? That and wiring? Yeah, so... <laughs> Go to a marine, uh, you know, you'll pay West uh, West Marine prices, but uh, you can order there. Just get a DigiKey account and order your switches, proper industrial toggle switches. Okay. I, I'll, if you want to use Marine, I give you a great Marine supply. It's called Defender. D-E-F-N-D-E-R. It's, uh, you know, everything Marine, but significantly better prices than West. So. Yeah. Uh, and because there's going to be, a, you know, a... 200 pound angry man or a 110 pound quite you know flustered woman very upset that their helmet is fogging and why does the blower not turn on and they're going to make that switch dance and you know <laughs> so get good controls we're going to talk about where controls go and what they do a little bit or we can but this is a place to not cheap out don't go get auto zone garbage and 
put it in a hole that's too big and try to get it to work in that, you know, a, a way it wasn't designed. And make the controls intuitive. Don't drill a hole wherever there's square footage on the dash panel. This is why... <laughs> I'm already <laughs> laughing at your, your, your um, switches. Well, yeah, because I, I can afford to make them have humorous labels because they're intuitive. <laughs> the operation is entirely intuitive, isn't it? You guys actually drove it when there was no labeling, was it? I think, or was there labeling? No, there was labeling because it was okay. chaos and order. and Yeah, you turn the car on by changing it from order to chaos. And, and if you want the lights, get out of the dark ages into the enlightenment. Um, Fire system is game over. How's it? You missed the story last week. So I was at Cub Scout camp last year, and uh, the only girl Boy Scout in my troop came up to me, and she's like 10 at that point. She's like, Mr. Wakeman, can I borrow a flashlight? I have to go. Yes, here's my flashlight. You can borrow it. I know where this is going. <laughs> so like the next day, her like mom brings it back to me and hands it to me, and it says for rectal use only because you stuck a sticker on it. <laughs> That's all right. Her mom's a doctor, so she probably understood. <laughs> um, She's a so, doctor. She knows where the sticker she came knows from. Where the she sticker she came laughed. Right. <laughs> gas pumps. You will, no one has seen it on a gas pump handle or a gas pump spout and, I, and not laughed. <laughs> oh, I need to do this. Oh, I'm going to bring the roll with me next time. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so you've got, you've got the, the we're, we're now interfacing the human to the machine, right? So before it was the human to work, and now we're talking about the human to machine interface. So controls, intuitive operation, you know, just if the controls are oriented horizontally, like if you have a row of switches, make sure they all operate up is on or engaged. The, yeah. the action that you want to begin begins with an action up. Now make sure that they operate up. Horizontal alignment should be up and down operation. A vertical row should be left and right operation. Really? So that, yeah, because if you have switches stacked on top of each other, you want to you don't want to go up on one and bring the second one up as well, or be holding a switch. I I, I learned something today because <laughs> I never think about doing like I've done switches like this. Yeah, and I've always it, just made them up and down. And, and you. Think about it. Yeah, you could, you could inadvertently. If you're putting your fingers, I'm yeah. making a pinching motion around one switch and I toggle it down, my other finger could push the other switch down. My, you know, it could drop it down. Absolutely. Uh, that, so that, you, that's intriguing. Yeah, and, and it's intuitive for the most part to have those options or operations and actions. Well, uh, and we've talked about this in, in previous episodes too, like kill switches. Like you can, you can put them anywhere in a 360 degree pattern, but you've been trained since you were 15 or 16 years old or whenever you learned to drive a car that this motion is on and this motion is off on a key. And for those of you who don't know, I'm like turning like a key. So you should, when the car is on, the paddle should be this way and off should be this way. So if we look, I sent you guys a excerpt from controls analysis PDF. Oh, let me find um, that one. It's in the same email. It's in, I just replied to the everyone's racers. Okay, I will open it up. And open that up. 
Greg, keep talking while I have to go flip over to the email. <clears throat> if you open that up and scroll down to page nine. All right. So this is actually, uh, I took the opportunity to do a Which one is analysis. it? Excerpts from? Excerpts from controls analysis. Okay. This is like 13 pages out of a 40 page I'm, I'm going to share my screen. So you'll see that um, rotary switch controls. So page nine. Oh man, this is nice. This is wow. not very good podcast. Well, this is this is very good YouTube, YouTube podcast. So we're gonna have to tell everyone to go yeah. to the YouTube. This, this is what what is this document? Explain what this document is while my I get to page car. nine. This is your race car. Yes. Yeah. It's a yeah, BMW. You've written this just about your car. Yeah. I needed did you do it for something? I did. I did. I did this. You didn't just be like, mm, you, get, you get a grade gotta, for this, right? I got to write this down. This, uh, so we, we were unfortunately, um, just literally, uh, we had to do controls analysis on something. And this was the most complicated, unclassified thing I could lay my hands on. <laughs> not, not bad. Yeah, All right, okay. so you want rotary switch control analysis? Yeah, so this is so rotary switch control recommendations. First off, the point, that's just leave it right there. I have it up for me. This is so that everybody can look at it. A rotary switch control should be easy to see. The pointer, the indicator of a rotary control should be easy to see. It should have a moving pointer to fixed labeling. Because you're going to turn the knob. You're going to, you know, this is the line that's scratched in the rotary knob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I get this. The little pointer nub, the little finger sticking out of the old uh, guitar amp. Chunk, 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 you know, when you want to turn it up to 11. So it should click in the stops. Angle of throw for each stop should be fixed. This is what feels right. This is what a 18-year-old with a gun expects to get with a radio knob. Or, I'm sorry, rotary knob. So you'll see that Master Power 1 in my car and Master Power 2, it has two of them. The six newton meters of torque is actually highlighted in red because it's nearly an order of magnitude more than the recommended. But that's actually okay because low accidental activation is required. And those particular switches in my car, you guys have all used them, they're, they're pretty meaty, but they will break a 200 amp DC current flow. So there's a pretty massive set of contactors in there. So, so uh, let, me, let me try and, you know, obviously some people might have got it and some people didn't. Your master power switches are extra difficult to switch Correct. because what it is doing, you never want anyone to mistake. Correct. Do you want to hit master power no. in the middle of, and no, we've I'm, driven other cars I, that have I'm, that. I'm just translating from Hamsa to English and English to Hamsa for the listeners. We, we are Dietra. <laughs> yeah. How do you explain so, this to so Dietra? You don't want, and this is one of those things where we've driven other cars and there's that weird RV battery disconnect switch that has the red thing, the little red square key that goes in to turn over. Yes. Somebody always has it zip tied to like a floaty keychain with a beer opener that's got like a two foot string to their eight pillar roll cage. That's I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's exactly so we, the switch we use. We bought ours from Pegasus though. It's so therefore it's okay. That switch is not designed for really what we're doing. It meets low dollar racing requirements, but you can accidentally turn that switch, can't you? Everybody's I've like, done uh, it. Uh, yeah. You I know? did it at New Hampshire in <laughs> 2A 
in yeah. the very early part of my shift while we were trying to win the race. And I, my brain said, holy F, you broke the car. Because I couldn't get it started. And now, in the, the, the animal, the, 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 the reptilian part of your brain, you know that it's possible to fuck up your master power switch in the middle of a turn. Yes. Should you ever have to second guess the master power switch of a race car? No. Yeah. It's way up here. Like, it's way out of the way. Yeah. In all of our years, no one else has ever done it. No one that. else has ever done it, and I've driven that thing for years and never did it. I have no idea yeah, but you did it once. how I did it, but I did it once. To quote Tom Lomino, he's walked across traffic a lot and has never been hit. That's right. <laughs> So, um, again, this is one of those cases where you want to use your reference documents. This came out of uh, Mill Standard 1472 Golf. I, I know that because it's up. I don't memorize that. I'm not that big of a nerd. But um, reference the thing that's most close to what you're going to build or do. A race car is like a military vehicle. So uh, anything else you want to point out on this document? I'm going to stop sharing. Oh, you can scroll down. Uh, scroll to the next one. Pull handle controls. This is the fire bottle. You know, it, it should have a, you know, these are, these are the, you see the controls and then it says A, B, C, D, you know, E, J, on through F. Those yeah. things are the recommended parameters for a control. Scroll down. All right, toggle switch controls. This is for a traditional toggle switch. You know, arranged vertically, switched up and down. If arranged vertically, should be switched left and right. Edge separation. Notice it says half inch minimum, one inch maximum. You don't want to have to find switches. You shouldn't be playing a hunt and peck game with one switch over here on the left of the dash, another switch in the top middle, two switches down here on the lower right, and you have to figure out in your brain which one does what. The switches should be all in one spot and oriented and logically arranged so they're easy to use with covers and shields as, as required. Um, and so don't make them too far apart because then a person has to stop like stop flipping switches and start finding where to put their hand. So what you're saying is in a race car, you shouldn't just have like a four gang uh, set of house switches. No, that's glorious. You should absolutely do that once or twice. But if you are, if, if, as, as you are trying to reduce cognitive load, make it easier. All right. The, the, the gang of house switches is, is okay on a lot of these. The angle of throw is reasonable. The resistance is very light. Absolutely. On is up, down is off. They are yeah. arranged horizontally. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so like you're good except for your spacing. They're switched up and down. So that's the spacing. And that's what the that decision. means is the driver has to look and focus on where they're putting their hand. If they're tight together, you find the panel and you know that you click the left switch. But if they're spaced too far apart, you have to find each individual switch. You have to move your eyes to the words on the panel Correct. and look at your fingers to make sure you're touching the right one. Correct. Got and it. You want to reduce that look. Should your eyes be not on the racetrack? Or make the computer do as much as possible for the driver. Absolutely those fool asses aren't going to hit the fan switch when it gets hot because they're not paying any attention. So you, you learned that. Yeah. You did that. Yeah. yeah. 
So for those of you who don't know, we're discussing our Cressida. Our Cressida has four house switches. Six, actually. Six? Is it six? Six. Yeah, six six is even worse, right? Because it is harder to locate in a bank of six than it is in a bank of four. I should mention that it is also distracting while driving driving the Cressida to have your hand near your cock. And that typically will make you drive off the track. <laughs> he doesn't yes. listen to this show. It's it fine. It doesn't make you drive off the track. You go off the track when you're in the spin. Yeah. Yes. All of this. All of this. The Crescent does have... We're, 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 the Crescent is easy to drive for oh, the most part. Thank you. Thank you. It's I'm super- trying to talk here. Go, no, that's just what I was going to say. And he just took okay, the words right card. out of my mouth. Sorry. Someone interrupts Chrissy, right? Uh This is amazing. So, uh, Hamsa, let me just ask, uh, are we able to post this entire document somewhere, or is this, like, secret information? No, let me clean it up a little bit. I don't mind if you post this. Yeah. uh, I'll just clean it up a little bit. Um, But, yeah, and then control grouping. If if you were to scroll up to – this is not what I – all right, let's go to page four. Sorry. Fast finger. Sorry. I'm using a touch screen. Tell me how that works. Right there. So if you look at, in this case, figure three, um, if you were to look at the the red circles with big numbers in them, those are life limit eyesight controls. Those are ones that you don't screw up. Those are not the on-off of the car every time you pull into the pits. All right. The little switch marked A down in the lower right is the actual on-off control. So your light film and eyesight are the controls up top. They're in the driver's sight line, and they're in a known location. If you go down to the big you know, block of green on the lower right, those are all of your secondary controls. Those are things you only touch once or twice. If, you, know, you only start the car once. You only turn the car on once, off once. Lights on, off. Cool box, you know, you pick your setting and then you forget it. Uh, dash blower, volume on the radio, all those things are, are secondary controls because you're really not focused on it. The primary controls are the normal car controls, you know, A, B, C, D, and E, and figure out how you want those centered and how you want those to be around. So when you're recaging a car or when you're removing your seat or you're going to make things quote, right for over the summer since we're not racing anywhere or doing anything like that, think about regrouping your dash. And it's, yeah, cut some aluminum, go back to the fabbing 101 skills or, or whatever, um, you know, cut and bend it, fit, fit things where you want to make the car comfortable to drive. And if you only need it once, group it together and get it out of the way. You know, uh, keep the stock dash as much as possible. Now that I'm, we may fuel sell this car, I want to keep the stock gas gauge in that location. I don't want to put a janky extra gas gauge in the center of my dash. So yes, it may get some surgery and either electrically or physically get a gauge slot so that it works with a fuel cell and is remapped to the, the cell volume. But don't make the driver work harder. That's what makes a car easier to drive. And then um, if, if you want to switch back to the HMI model, Here's, yeah, there you go. So the input subsystem, lower right. This is what the driver is putting into the system. 
Below that line, the human-machine interface, below that line is the machine. That's what we have to fix. You know, inputs, keyboard, switch, switch, speech, switch lever, make it easy to use. The hardware software system is the, is the car. This is the janky steering, the response time, the accuracy. If you don't trust it, you won't, you'll, you'll focus on it. This is the janky steering, the brakes that aren't all the way there, um, the, these other things. And this is race car stuff, but it's race car stuff with proper feedback to the driver. You know, make the redo your, your tack and your speedo wiring so that you're giving the driver valuable feedback. Um, everybody's like, oh, you should be at 3,500 RPMs going into turn seven or, or whatever. Who the fuck is looking at just it? You really want your entry speed as well as your engine state, right? Your RPM is the state of the engine, but no, you you're absolutely right. You I also want a real speed. Yeah, people people say all the time, oh, you need a speedo for. I frequently improve my driving by knowing that I am at X miles per hour at X cone, then I am correct. And if I am, if I'm a three three miles per hour slower, then I can maybe break a little less next time. Well, you can do that with the tack too. It's just harder to conceptualize, which is the, like, you can know, I, okay, I was at 3,600 RPM at that cone this time. That's 100 RPM better than last time. Therefore, at being same, gearing being equal, I am going faster. Correct, but now I'm making you do literal math in your head yes. at 100 miles an hour. And if yes. I take away fourth gear, all of your perfectly memorized RPMs because we lost the synchro or whatever. If you don't have fourth gear because it keeps popping out of fourth, if I take away fourth gear, you're proper out. Yeah. Because uh, now you've got to relearn and remap it, you know, bouncing off the rev limiter in third. So we want to have those. And, and when you drive daily, the other 15,000 miles that you drive, you use a speedometer. Yeah. Keep things no, I, was, I was kind of bummed we lost it in the Civic when the engine transplant because there's kind of no good way to do it from one or the other. So yeah, we lost that. Yeah, well, but actually, I have found the um, the the GPS based iOS or Android <laughs> digital displays to be very consistent. Sounds awesome, Jeff. But where is that? Well, if you don't have a dashboard and a speedometer anymore, you Velcro it right where the vel the speedometer should be. All right. Fair point. But most of us have it off to the passenger side, which is great. It's oh, no, no. I mean, put a separate speed-only uh, display. We all have old phones laying around, right? Uh, so yes. the iPad is over here running the lap timer, but put right in front of the driver that old Android phone that isn't worth five bucks anyway, right That's, there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Something would be better than nothing, but I would... Well, the speedometer is better than anything, obviously. Have an ADS sensor and just do a little Oh, sure. Yeah, we all don't have that ability there, Hamza. <laughs> um, so then the other thing is we're talking about it is the car's output. The car's output back to the driver. And the car's output is its sink, speedometer, tack, functioning fuel gauge, functioning temp gauge, functioning check engine light. If your check engine light is always on, the drivers discount its presence. I, one of you, I, Chrissy's laughing, but I know somebody, I made him come in because the check engine light came on. And if you have a proper code reader, you just pull the code, oh, it's this, reset it and send them back out. 
I, I also used to own a 2.0 uh, Golf 2000. Any which, Volkswagen which, product. Which, it doesn't really well, matter. Some worse than others. This one literally had the check engine on the whole time. Well, so, no, but we've had race cars that the ABS light sure. is lit yeah, since we literally the day put we buy it, it to the day we sell it. Or Chris unplugs it. Correct. You know, so the ABS light is technically on in the BMW. But I opened up and removed the lamp from the ABS indicator light because the three-channel E36 stock ABS would be scary on a racetrack because it doesn't allow for a track slip angle, right? So that would be part of that user not trusting the machine. The operator, when you get squirrely in a turn and the ABS kicks in when you don't want it to, you will then no longer trust your braking system. So you've got to make the user trust the trust the machine. And in, in this case, you want to disconnect it. But when that four-channel system goes in, you'd be damn sure the ABS light's going back in because we want to know, we want the driver to know that they've got that second layer of protection, that there's no condom end, you know, another method. Well, and this is the difference between Hamsa and us. We knew we didn't want the ABS system to work, so we never put it back together. But we never removed the lamp. If someone said, oh, why is the ABS light on? We just uh, just don't, don't worry about that. I think we put tape over it. There is tape over it, truthfully. Eventually. Yeah. Only because people annoyed us calling us saying, uh, yeah, the, the ABS light people, it's the three of us that drive it. There's no, no, no. The, 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 I'm talking about the... Um, the the ombre yeah oh that the ombre had a lot had of lights on a, that had a lot of lights on and we told people just ignore the lights just ignore the lights just ignore the lights but that was a car that we put guests in all the time and they would call in and say oh the brake light is on. yeah we know that just keep going the ombre is the only car we ever had a race car with with abs except for the solstice and hobbs's car that aren't even ours so <laughs> there, there you go yeah and I can't wait because we're gonna. I have a race ready car that's about to be get it completely gutted again because uh, I'm stoked to put the Mark 60 in. Excellent. <laughs> well, this Excellent. is awesome. This is where we're talking about making the information to the operator trustworthy and the controls from the operator, you know, functional and usable because humans have a, an intuition about what a control should do. And the moment that the control does not do what the human thinks it will do, there's a disconnect that's hard to get back. And, you know, if, if you put the brakes, if you, you know, if you, you get on the brakes and they don't work, you're spooked. Now, you may have, you have, you know, follow-up actions and things to do, but it's hard to get that back. And if the, if the steering is stuttering and janky, that's a technical term, right? Janky steering? Yes. Absolutely or the switch is loose, if you go to reach for the start switch or reach for the light switch and it's wobbly and shit, do you trust that anything on that switch system? So, or so if you I'm, smack the bottom of the dash and the car shuts off, also hey, bad. And guess what? Didn't we rip the dash apart and fix that? We sure did. Yep. Well, and, and hey, I, I found say... the problem. That, 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 that pitted the car because... Even though we couldn't make it work, there was no way any of us wanted to, you know, have faith that it would go. No, because well, it didn't. It would just shut off. Yeah. And and that's a that's a bad system because it's obviously stopping the car from going. But what what I think I'm hearing from Hamsa today is 
in the race, in the heat of the moment, you don't want this decision-making process to happen. So since we're all stuck at home for the foreseeable future, make the car work correctly and, and work with the human. When, when I say, Chris, I see a wire sticking out, he says, no, 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 stay the F out. I should stay the F out because we're trying to win a race and we all press on regardless, even though something is shaking or the brakes are losing or the tires have gotten greasy. That's the nature of endurance racing. But when you're at home and not racing, you should do everything in your power to remove this process. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound sound like a good way to sum up what we're talking about here? Yeah. Well, we would have to sum up. If there's still things to cover, go right ahead. I just we can we can go down the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole goes pretty deep, and you know, I think that this is plenty for reason and rationale for why you should take the time. If you don't like, if you don't like your seat mount, take it out. All right, refab it. Uh, you know, do some new work on like rewiring the car. Um, I don't work for Pro Wire Motorsports and Aviation Wiring. Uh, I just put it in order with them. I was thoroughly impressed. Buy the right crimping tool for whatever brand of, of import automobile you're racing. If you use, you know, Deutsch connectors, or if you're using the double crimp, the butterfly, or if you're using the round crimp that everybody hates from BMW, whatever it is, buy the right crimping tool, put the right wires in, get the right stuff, and make it trustworthy. Make it so your drivers can race the car, not try to operate the car. I love this. I think this is great. Chris, are you listening? (laughs) Yeah, and I I feel like I have tried to do a number of these things over the years, but never to the extent. But no, no, no. Let's all say it together. Hobson is a nut job in this, and he is going way beyond what other people do, which is why we brought him in. Right. But it works. But it, it absolutely works. works. Absolutely. If you have this time and dedication and OCD or CDO because the letters are in the order that they're supposed to be, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> it's not how I build a car, but I learned stuff today that I will use. I oh, yeah. love the idea of the switch placement. If, if you want a, an interesting read, it's um, the design of everyday things. Uh, it's by... I'm going to screw it up. It's either Tom Norman or Don Norman. But uh, he's one of the reasons uh, that you like your iDevice and your Apple products. Um, he, he's one of the reasons that Android some things life, some things are so complicated but don't come with the user's manual. You can take that device and hand it to a six-year-old because it's so complicated, but it doesn't make the user do anything. It's nat- natural and intuitive. And we've all been frustrated when we go to a bank. Well, actually, correction, banks, it's for a reason. When we go to a shopping mall and the fr- outside door is pushed. Goes the wrong and direction. The inside door is pulled. Those are actually called Norman doors. Norman banks. doors, yep. That's from the author of this book. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's, 
it is Don Norman, and I'm posting a link to the Amazon of this book. Uh, his, his other book is Emotional Design. Uh, I would recommend The Design of Everyday Things. Uh, and if you really like that topic, you know, why are fire escapes oriented certain directions? If you don't want somebody uh, to do something, how do, you, how do you prevent somebody from doing it with landscaping or with design so you don't build a fortress? You know, um, how do you make things usable natively and intuitively without a person having to think about it? Yeah, I love this. I, I am a huge fan of the 99% Invisible podcast, 99PI, and yeah. its concept is that design done correctly is 99% invisible to the user. You don't notice the door that swings the right direction. You notice the Norman door. Yeah. Uh, another good, uh, good reference uh, gets a little bit more um, social, but it's called The End of Average. Um, and it, it's, it touches upon why the average is a bad marker, why we shouldn't design for the average or uh, base stats around an average, especially an algebraic, you know, simple average. Um, so really good, uh, you know, deep dives down this. You can get, you can get spec porn if you're like a, if you like specifications and data, then go through a mil, mil standard, whatever it is, mil standard 1724. That's like 400 pages of exactly how to orient a control panel. That's like, not what I thought you were going to say when you said spec porn. I thought that was going to be like all the people <laughs> are the same shape and size and they're doing the same thing in the same rhythm. Did we just getting rid of the law, the, the average? Did we just get rid of average? <laughs> yeah. So if you like that, if you like, if you like tables and numbers, that's a good one. Or if you, if you, if you're going to use this kind of stuff for something other than building a race car, I use that because a race car is kind of like a military vehicle. But if you wanted to use an aviation standard or a NASA standard, I mean, I'm not building a space shuttle, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that, if the coronation lasts much longer, you might. <laughs> uh, but take these things and, and think about like every complaint you've ever had or heard from other cars or been in them, whatever. And, and, and fix them. Oh, put a fucking clock in your car. Absolutely. Actual fucking clock. Yes. Like, I don't care if it's a, if it's a, no, sorry, let me just say that. An actually useful clock. Soggy Simca, super fun to three wheel around. It's a roller skate with like all of 72 horsepower. And it has a giant wood paneled clock that's like <laughs> on the dash. Cool. We got <laughs> we, we were racing with Spanky. Did you have any clocks in any of the cars? So went to, we went Walmart. to Walmart and the cheapest one we could find were these big kitchen flavor flave clocks. So we put those in all the. Cars. And we duct taped them. Oh, I'm sorry. Cute. We that was we, out in California. That was yeah. the, the, the the used cars. I was before that even that, that we did it was that. it was the classy onslaught. And there was no clocks. All he had that he had was the most timer. The... You had an egg timer in the cars. You'd turn it and go until it <laughs> and dings, Except that it broke. So and it you couldn't hear it ding. Uh, but we put, we didn't have any, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, we had to put clear tape. Zip tie. So we used clear packing tape. <laughs> Over the tape clock. The <laughs> no, no, but I, I've seen a lot of endurance race cars out there with egg time, with oven timers. Works great. But, but until the vibration ruins it. No, 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 no. But I, I don't think that is 
clock yeah, you get at Walmart get for six bucks. Get a it's real small, clock. It's easy to read. You can mount it anywhere. That's easy to see. It doesn't have any moving parts. <laughs> I don't want to be like staring at my grandmother's like or, rotary white dial going, how much time do I have left in my shift? I want other, to go like this. The other it's three o'clock. A, a ding kitchen timer or a, a digital kitchen timer is a single instantaneous alarm. After it goes off, it doesn't tell you how fucked up you are. So if you look at that thing and it's gone off, it doesn't tell you that you've overran by 10 minutes, two minutes, or half an hour. Yeah, totally. So, um, just get a Timex watch and like put it around the roll cage. That's what's yeah. in the BMW is literally a Timex Ironman Walmart watch around the roll cage. Get the women's watch because it fits the roll cage wrist size better than the men's watch. Um, <laughs> Wow. Okay. The horologist in me is totally against that statement, but that's all right. I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> or just go, I like, we really like our little, um, I'm reaching our, down to my watch box, our little, <laughs> our little clock that has the Velcro on it. Yeah, and sure. it's just big enough to be able to see it's right in driver's line of sight. It's so. four digits. One, two, colon, one, five. It is 1215. Yes. And yeah, so yeah, give the driver those things. Um, we can go down a rabbit hole about like processes and stuff like that, but none of us are going to ever pay attention to that. We've all heard about good pit stops and we still do it our own way. Um, some of us, you know, are, are better or more coherent. You know, I say us, like not, not within three pedal. I'm just saying like different teams do their own thing and do whatever works for them. But regardless of, of, of team, make the car easy and comfortable. None of us are as tough as we think we are. None of us should have to fight to drive the car, uh, fight our comfort, like fighting to drive the car and, you know, getting a little extra out of it. And, and we shouldn't have to do that. And that's one of those things, like, once you get past the jagged death, Sasha's stuff is pretty fun. Speedy Cup stuff <laughs> is, is comical, but Sasha's stuff is pretty fun. Like, they, they both have a certain element of death, but Sasha's that that Sentra, it'll kill you if you crash. You're gonna die. But once you get past that, it's really fun because wow. the, the controls do the instant feedback. The car tells you what you want. Sure, there's like bare wires and parts of appliances and every other you know janky welds. Oh yeah, yeah. But no roofs. And it is a little no, disconcerting. More roof now. now more more roof. roof. Yeah, I'm sorry. But we added roof. Now when the car flexes roof. like an actual beer can. A little disconcerting, but it's super fun. Um, so you don't have to, you know, win the internet and be the best at everything, but just tighten it up so your drivers are more comfortable. Um, and if you are, in my case, your, your wife might actually get in the car from time to time. Don't make her suck it up and be miserable. Um, she'll support your racing habit more, in my case. Or if, you know, if you're a woman out there and it's your car, if your husband doesn't, you know, feel like the car doesn't fit him, you might support the tires more. I love this topic. I, I, there is definitely more to this, but I think that is the chunk that our listeners can handle at this point. We are definitely going to have you back for future things. I really just wanted to talk about like organization and packing because I, your setup you is pretty help? epic. Yeah. No, Hamza's setup Hamza's is epic. pretty epic. Well, these and are the, these are the opposite ends of the spectrum. Right exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, we will definitely have Hamza back. He, he, he's going to run out of toilet paper sooner or later behind him. So he'll have to leave his bunker at some point. The coronation will be over. I went to an actual bunker yesterday. Like, did you see it, the president? Just, was no. it an inspection? No, it was not for an inspection. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is legit. <laughs> He's building one now. Is the chickens going to be have a way to get in and out of the bunker or not? Our chickens are actually uh, our chickens went to Jeff. They're actually at Speedy Cop's uh, new new house. Oh, oh. new it's like no, yes. Yeah. But the yeah, he's got chickens and goats, and we added our chickens to his chicken flock. So oh. they're over there. Did you hang a head of cabbage over the chicken flock? Did I tell you about the head of cabbage? No, I just know stuff about chickens. Oh, uh, I just surprised you, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that in mind let's move on to the next part of the show i'm gonna, I'm gonna go get a beer just right the chicken tip oh we're almost just the oh, chicken man. tip now we're almost done we're almost done okay all right so we're this is i can't even how do i that, follow like all 10 of this. people on the podcast are like jeff and hamsa just know stuff about chickens go chrissy save us before we go down that lightning safety that's what we're talking about so we had some crazy storms here today is wednesday uh it rolled through we have a, a Dereco, i think is how you say it ratio ratio whatever uh in philadelphia apparently in at reading the airport we had 80 mile an hour winds that was pretty awesome we had some lightning. So while I'm bringing this up is because Chris was working on the boat in the front yard and he sees the storm coming. He sees it's coming. And then he's like, I can do a little more. I can do a little more. I can do a little more. And so basically we need to talk about not running the risk of, of actually dealing with lightning here because uh, that's just, then you just be dumb. Okay. First of all, we need to care about the weather forecast. I, uh, on this note, I did tell Chris, Hey, there's storms coming again. You should probably not work on the boat. And he was like, I can get it done. Uh, and for which he did get done, which is wonderful, but listen to the forecast. So listen for your thunder and you have to care about it. If there's thunder, there's probably lightning coming by. Uh, and what is it when there, when thunder roars, get indoors, what the internet tells me, uh, Ah. go inside. So basically go inside if at all possible, take, uh, some kind of cover. Don't be stupid. Um, and then, so in the next couple of things, don't uh, stay away from concrete because, uh, wa- and also water and plumbing because it's close enough uh, to find metal in those places. It can find you. And also, uh, stay away from electronics. This seems fairly, everything on the internet says uh, you can use corded phones, but you're, or you can't use corded phones, but your cell phone's okay. Like, Who's got a corded phone? Who has a corded phone? Everyone's uh, if, grandma. If you're in a few of a house phone, it's usually not corded. But anyway, uh, don't use your corded phones. But uh, when you're in the house, because you've already gotten in the house, make sure to check all of your electronics. Make sure they're all in surge protectors. And sometimes you're just like, meh, you know, that's not. But it's going to suck when your house gets stuck, struck or when even when your electronics go haywire and then you're the one that wasn't plugged into your surge protector is now haywire and now you're sad so uh just fix it before the story storm happens and yes. i'm going to pass it to the electronic engineer on the show yes a power strip and a surge protector are two different things they are not the same thing and many of the things that you buy in the store are like oh it's not a surge protector it's not read the box oh yes and, and it's probably as effective as whatever you paid for it. So if you genuinely like that. believe that the $2 Ikea power strip surge protector combo is that two bucks is what you are going to protect your $2,000 Oculus Rift gaming 
whatever, you know, porn box machine, porn hub <coughs> account, whatever that, that thing, that system. Spec porn, the spec porn machine. Spec porn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not the same. Um, lightning is a whole nother animal, but. You want to weigh in? <laughs> This is just what I found on the internet, so uh, I'm happy to hear what you have to say. Uh, I have a very large TV that I love, and oh. I paid about $65 yeah. for the surge protector that also had coaxial cables in and out of it. So it not only protects <clears throat> surge hitting the power lines, but a surge hitting the, the whatever the heck a cat cable. five whatever cable. So, yeah and, and that surge protector will, will do its job if there are power line disturbances or spikes a strike in your neighborhood and you know a couple houses down a tree got hit by lightning there was absolutely a power surge and, and things like that occurring in the area nothing will protect you from a lightning strike but surges in the area and do, do your do your due diligence get a power supply if you have an uninterruptible power supply and ups for your computer computer whatever Spec most of box. them have a proper actual surge protector or are electrically isolated uh in one form or fashion um they'll they will do better nothing will protect you from a proper lightning strike you know uh, so <clears throat> um yeah that's really all you're gonna do hey if it was important enough that spacex scrubbed the midweek launch for lightning um, it was lightning dissipation, static electric, apparently flying a bag of kerosene and oxygen, uh, a sheet metal box of kerosene and oxygen through a lightning storm wasn't any, on anybody's to-do list. So if they scrubbed it for lightning. Yeah, you should probably definitely be careful. Go inside. Crack a beer if it's raining. I love this tip. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like that you could weigh in on the information that I did not provide. <laughs> Do we have anything? Uh, Hamza, do you have usually people who we have as guests, they're like pimping something. They have like a social media or a company or they're trying to sell their wares. You ain't got none of that, do you? Not that I'm selling to anybody as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> we all can't afford it. Do yeah. we have a clue who's on the next show, Chris? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to have. The famous, the one and only Mike Spank Spangler on to talk about the art of the IOE. Yeah, this is a man who I think has won more IOEs than anyone else. And he's not only that, but a wonderful person. And uh, we're looking forward to talking with him about it. I, I didn't know that that was the case. I actually owe my introduction to uh, Spank and Anton. So my yeah. first Lemons experience was Spank in the Toyo Hog with Anton and Chizaru, if you guys know the California side. Yeah, um, we know all those guys. Well, and the audience, for, for folks that, that know the, the audience out there, that was the most amazing, welcoming, and awesome introduction to this circus. And I could not have asked for better people. And uh, Hamza's, uh, Spank is the one that said, hey, so I had this great arrive and drive Hamza. He's not that far from you. You guys should totally get to know him. Seven so, years later. Right, here we are. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks for coming, Hamza, and thanks for not pimping anything or selling anything and giving us all this great engineering stuff to post on our webpage. And, like, young Chris is out there nerding out, man. He cannot wait to click these little buttons. I don't know. who, who We have a lot of engineers. Who else is engineering out there that might click this? 
Bill. 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 Oh, Bill. Bill is absolutely going to click this, and then he's going to hate his cars every build he's ever built. But thank you for downloading us, all of you out there, and clicking the links. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building, because everyone can be a racer, even you. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe. It is totally free. Then go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Even if you hate us, give us five stars and tell us why. If you have any questions or show ideas, drop a comment on the Facebook page, Everyone Racers, or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube. Hit the like and subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube. Thanks again and until next week. Keep the downside off. Offside down. Offside down. Offside down. And the upside off on. I don't know how to say it. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>